0: Hi guys, welcome to Hanging Out with Hamza. Today we have a special guest on. Her name is Stevie. She is a vet medicine doctor who has been with FIGS along with me, um, and that's how I met her. Um, She's an incredible person who I've been friends with now for a very long time, and she was visiting Austin this weekend, and we just finished dinner and I had to have her on my podcast, (laughs) So without further ado, um, Stevie will be on right after this intro. Hey, y'all. This is Hamza, and I'm super happy we get to hang out for a little bit. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Hanging Out with Hamza. Um, Again, here is Dr. Stevie. She is a vet medicine doctor who is currently doing travel vet meds and She is loving it so far based on our conversation previously, and I really wanted to have her on here because she is just a beautiful human being who has been a really great friend for a long time, and I've just really appreciated her in my life, and I wanted to have her on here to share her wisdom and knowledge with y'all. And um, yeah, she's here just for the weekend uh, doing her travel vet medicine uh, work, and she will dive deeper into that. So, without further ado, here is Stevie.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And the feeling is very mutual. Um, I've loved getting to know you and have you in my life for the past few years. And you've always been very special to me. So, it was a no brainer. You asked me to come do this, and and we had dinner. So, it was a great night.
0: <laughs> uh, we went to Peacock, if, in case you're ever wondering, and you're in Austin. Uh, it's a great Mediterranean restaurant, which I love taking people to. And, um, yeah, we kind of caught up on personal stuff and I dove further into what she's currently doing, which is not something that you commonly see with a lot of vet medicine doctors. And I think it's a really cool, unique aspect of vet medicine that I think people should know more about. Um, and yeah, I guess I'll start off with asking you about that. How did you kind of get into this and like, how have you liked it so far?
1: Yeah, so um I am an emergency travel veterinarian. Um and I've been doing this now going into my 3rd year. Um I started right out of vet school as most people do just in general practice. Just thought that that was going to be my like long-term plan for years and years, you know. Uh, just practice dogs and cats and go to work nine to five, Monday to Friday and kind of do your thing. Um, Very quickly out of school, realized that general practice is so much more than that um, and came into COVID. Got really burnt out and made the transition to the emergency side of things during that time um, along with a cross-country move and lots of other life changes and then the travel aspect came in after i had practiced for about a year in a small privately owned emergency hospital um, that again i was doing too much and stretching myself too thin And the travel aspect came up and it really just truly fell into my lap. The company that I work for was creating this team where they have hospitals all over the country and they were looking to provide relief and support to the doctors that are stationary at those hospitals that were being overrun and overworked and, and were exhausted and needed some support. And so this travel team was created and now we have anywhere between 20 and 30 doctors that fly around the country um, and fill in where we're needed. You know, if people are out, if they're understaffed, sick, people are on maternity or paternity leave, uh, we'll go in and, and fill in and work anywhere from two to five to 10 shifts in a row and then fly back home. So a little different than the, the travel nursing that people are used to, but it's cool.
0: And how do you feel like it's helped with your kind of love for vet medicine? Do you feel like it's added a new kind of sense of enjoyment to it or is it a whole different kind of feel for you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think emergency in general, you're constantly seeing new things and exciting things and you're figuring out those puzzle pieces and really getting a something different and unique every single day um I saw multiple things just this week that I've never seen before um which is always really fun and kind of ignites that passion of like why we got into this in the first place um and then the travel just keeps it fresh like I'm never in one place long enough to get tired of what I'm doing or bogged down with just the interpersonal drama and you know I get to like fly in and you know it's fun and exciting and then i leave
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, like being an uncle with nephews and
1: exactly
0: like,
1: yes exactly yeah. and everyone's happy to see you and you're like smiling and it's like dr stevie's here and then i leave and then
0: awesome yeah it's great you're telling me recently that um you're going to be doing this overseas too which i didn't realize with travel that medicine because um I, I did a little bit of the temp dentist thing, and I think most of with most of healthcare, it's done locally because mm-hmm. of licensing and everything. So you're going to be able to do that overseas too. So um, can you further dive into that? Or? Yeah.
1: So right now, what I'm doing um, internationally is. Um, basically spreading the word just about emergency medicine and specifically the company that I work for in general, where I'm going on to university campuses, um, lecturing, uh, teaching upcoming vet students about just what ER looks like, because we don't have a lot of exposure to it in school necessarily. It's not one of those services that um, everybody has to take even, like you don't have to go through an emergency rotation at a lot of schools. Um, and so, just giving them exposure, hands on learning opportunities, um, and then inviting them to do externships, internships, those kinds of things. So,
0: and then with um, I guess, vet medicine, I wanted to kind of ask like the more uh, personal questions, which we talked about at dinner. Obviously, there is a crisis in vet medicine going on right now. Um, so, mm-hmm. outside of the beautiful things you're doing and the fun you're yeah. having with that. I know you did have a pretty stressful experience with it in the last couple of years mm-hmm. before all this. And that kind of probably drove you to what you're doing now. Um so I wanted to see if you could elaborate on that and kind of tell the listeners what you told me about, you know, the, the current rate of graduation uh vet students versus, you know, the job demand and everything right now.
1: Yeah, so it's it's the vet community in general. Um has been going through a crisis, is going through a crisis, is set to become critical in the next five years, which if you ask anybody in the field, it feels very critical where we're at already. Um, Basically, especially COVID exacerbated everything, I think, as it did many things, Um, but we are losing more doctors, nurses, technicians in the fields every single year than we're gaining. And Obviously, speaking from the doctor experience, um, there are still, I believe there's still only 30 vet schools in the U.S. Um, Each one ranges with class size between usually about 85 to 120. I think there's one or two that's more students than that graduating one class every year. And as I think we're all familiar with, obviously the pet ownership and the pet care in general has really escalated in the past three to five years where people are, you know, we always like joke, oh, you know, people are not having kids anymore. Their pets are their kids and then the plants are the pets. Um, But it really is true, like pet ownership has boomed. And not only that, but now pet owners want to take care of their pets like they are family members. Whereas when I was growing up, We had outside dogs and they went to the vet, maybe if they got sick, um, maybe not. And now that's just the expectation is that people not only want to provide ongoing vet care, but also like hire vet care specialists and and emergency care and things that um, weren't always a factor in the past. Um, And since we're losing so many in the profession and then not, refilling and sustaining those numbers and with the boom in pet ownership and quality of pet care um we're just at a very critical level of not being able to sustain the pet ownership in the u.s and really it's become a worldwide issue like i was telling you i get these like random emails from other countries that are like please new zealand like emailing us like constantly please come come work for six months, a year, like, take a contract and, and help us. And, and
0: the thing you're saying with the schools, uh, I did mention, like, it's kind of the same amount of students you're taking in for students uh, in dental school. Like, it's 80 to 100, right? Mm-hmm. So in that kind of statistic, it's basically stating that it's harder to get into vet school than it is in dental school or med school. And then on top of that, once you get in there, you're getting the same debt. you're dealing with the same issues and then you're graduating with the you know with the amount of stress and debt that we do except you're getting you know less respect you're dealing with more issues and more stress overall Mm -hmm. Um, so it is definitely a concern to think like you know what is making people want to go to that school like how is it in do you feel like it's affecting people right now wanting to apply for that school knowing all this oh yeah. yeah
1: it definitely is especially The debt that people are taking on and then not being able to come out and pay that off um, is a huge portion of it. I think, like I said earlier at dinner, I think the last time I looked, which was within the last year, I believe the national average starting salary for a vet is still around 80 to 85,000. When I graduated five years ago, um the starting national average salary was 65 to 70,000 wow. but we're graduating with the same amount of debt as a medical student who is then going on to earn quadruple yeah. salary if not more.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and so it's definitely a deterrent for people. I think the other thing that's a huge deterrent is unfortunately The veterinary community has an extremely high rate of suicide, and I have had students on many occasions ask me if it's worth it to go into it, um, and if I think that it's sustainable or if it's ever joy-filled. And it's a very real thing that I have to be honest with students that we lose colleagues constantly to suicide and it's devastating. Um, and it's a reality of our field. And I know it's a reality in, in many medical fields and many groups of people in general. Um, but when those numbers are vast, it's, it's scary. And I think it's scaring people off.
0: Yeah. I think vet. I mean, veterinary medicine in general is one of those professions. You really have to love what you do. And i truly think every vet I've met, genuinely loves animals like it's it's not like medicine or even dental school like some of them some of us get into it because of like you know the the esteem or the money and all this other stuff and obviously you've proven that that's not what you get out of it so it's really the love that you get into it and that's what's really sad is that it's leading to depression and all this other stuff that's really not great so i guess for anybody listening you know that's considering it or thinking about it do you have any like advice to give them or any kinds of perspectives to share that you shared with those students at the time? Like anything that kind of helped them get through these?
1: Yeah, I think the important thing is to know yourself and to know, this sounds cold, but know what you're getting into and understand that you need to be proactive about your mental health from the get-go. Yeah, If you are going to make the decision, especially if your mental health is something that you struggle with before entering this field or entering vet school, um, I think you need to be prepared and I think you need to be proactive about making sure that you are supported, that you are in therapy, (laughs) but truly that you have that support system that when you get to a place where you might be struggling, because I think I would be lying if I said, we, are, we don't all experience that at some point, either in school or definitely after school. Um, you have to make sure that you have support systems in place prior to that and not be reaching for those things when you get there. Yeah. Um, and have those kind of safeguards set up, um, knowing that at some point you're going to come to a day or a time or a season in your life where, um, you know, you do question why you did this.
0: Yeah. Well... I think that's definitely one reason why I wanted to have Stevie on is because I've known her long enough now to see the ups and downs of her career and like the effects it's had on her. And I've really valued not only her, but the relationship we've shared because, you know, we've both spoken about mental health and the importance of it. And that's the reason why Stevie and I really connected was uh, when I was going through a really dark place. Um, she was also at the time going through something pretty dark with, you know, her career and like the trajectory of it. And I think we all go through that in our, I I was telling her like in, in healthcare, we graduate thinking we're going into this perfect career path. That's just going to like align everything perfectly. And then you get into it and you realize there's still so many challenges along the way. And I think she was early in her career, figuring that out too. And that's how we connected. We just kind of like talked about that stuff and we literally were like crying on FaceTime talking to <laughs> each other about stuff. And um, I really appreciated just her opening up to me and being honest about that stuff. And she's always been that way. She's always been very vulnerable and transparent about things and never has shied away from the fact that like, you know, her profession is not perfect and there's a lot of things to work on and improve on. And with that being said, she's still trying to inspire people about that medicine and educate people about it. And she's never kind of like put down the profession itself. And um, I don't know. she just like genuinely loves what she does and loves helping animals and taking care of people and their pets. So that's something I've really like loved about her. Um, But yeah, with that all stuff aside, uh, I did want to bring up just your your layered background with the traveling, because obviously you obviously chose this profession. To travel this way because you do love that aspect of it and you come from a very interesting background. Uh obviously your significant other yes. is from South Africa, which I connected with mm-hmm. because a lot of my family is from South Africa. Uh so if you don't mind talking more about him, yeah, my better half. Yes.
1: Now he's gonna
0: have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. He asked to listen to me. Um,
1: yeah. So Brendan or Bren um is definitely my better half. Like when people say, Oh my God, you're so nice. I'm like, I'm not. But if you met my husband, like you would love him. Yeah, if you like it. me, you would love him.
0: I have to agree with that. He's yeah. I love him very much.
1: Yeah. He's he's great. He is South African.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, born and raised. And he came over to the States to play rugby in college. Um, he saw me on campus and thought it was the greatest thing ever.
0: <laughs>
1: Obviously. No. Um, but sort of. And then yeah, we started dating like I told Hamza dinner tonight. Um, he was my and is my first and only boyfriend, which is horrifying to like 16-year-old Stevie. Um, but we've been together now for oh my gosh, like I think we've been together for 13 years and we've been married for eight. Um so I always tell people. I mean, because clearly I'm still only 25, so I was obviously, Um, you know, very young when I got married. He doesn't like that joke so much.
0: (laughs) I told Stevie, I was like, you know, having just one boyfriend your entire life is not such a bad thing or like to just have one relationship because coming from this side of having to still continue to date and try to find that person, I was telling her she's not missing out on anything at all. And if anything, I wish life had gone that way. (laughs) And if she's ever wondering about like, oh, I wonder what it's like, you know, in a dating world, I'm like, do not wonder about it. It's awful. It's just a nightmare out here. But I'm glad um, I locked it down when I did. Yeah, no, I like, I think that's another important thing that um, I see in your growth is just having a, a stable, healthy relationship. Obviously, I know it's not perfect, but I feel like it's a good template to look at um from an outside perspective because i can see the support he gives you and the patience he's provided to you because i mean i'm sure that you're not easy to handle during those stressful times definitely not i've (laughs) i've felt that with dentistry too but like yeah to have somebody who's there to like not only support you in it but like be able to tolerate you during those times is absolutely must be an incredible thing to have
1: I definitely would not be able to do what I do right now without him. I mean,
0: genuinely. Yeah, I mean, even this travel thing, Like, I'm sure you have to have a very um, secure relationship to hold this because it it can be a lot of strain on both people being so far apart for a long time. Absolutely. For advice for people listening to this who deal with long-distance relationships, what would you say?
1: Oh, I know. You really have to be... I think my biggest thing is knowing your own relationship. And thankfully, like I've already alluded to, I'm married to probably the best man in the entire world. And we've definitely had our ups and downs and all sorts of things, but he is very just secure and wonderful and supports everything I do. He's my biggest cheerleader. Um, sometimes too much where I'm like, But I don't want to. And it's like, you can do it. (laughs) Um, and I think the biggest thing is just knowing your relationship. Not every this situation would not work for everyone. Um, and you really have to trust each other and be secure in in what you know and and who you are. Um, I think for us, the nice thing is right now we're both able to sort of live our dreams together. Um, and have that flexibility and freedom to be experiencing really cool things in our career. Um, So for those of you that don't know Bren, he is a double board certified physical therapist in sports and orthopedic medicine, which is really badass. Um, And he does not brag on himself enough. Um, And he's a clinical professor now. And so he is able to teach and work with the sports teams and do all sorts of things on the university level, um, and take care of our two wonderful fur children. Um, while I get to go off and do the travel thing. And, um, I again, would not be able to do it without him. Um, but it's not for everyone. And I think you really have to know yourself and know your relationship before embarking on that and lots of communication, Um, lots of texts and calls and FaceTimes and, um, you just have to have somebody that wants to see you succeed in every aspect of life. And I think regardless of if it's travel or not, like you should not settle for someone that doesn't want you to have everything in life and, and have the best of of the whole
0: world i mean i don't want to make this a relationship podcast but (laughs) i do want to like i think just from like interacting with y'all and being able to like talk to both of you guys from either end like i do think it's a beautiful relationship and i did want to ask like when you guys have or if you have faced any challenges what do you feel like has been the biggest challenge of your relationship together because from my perspective it looks great but not only what was that challenge, but how did you guys get over that big challenge? And did it help bring you guys closer together? Or was there something that kind of I guess strengthened this bond between you guys? Because I'm sure it had to be something rocky, especially with the profession you're in.
1: I think definitely hands down, our communication styles are very different. Okay. And that's something that we still deal with. Like it's I don't think it'll be ever anything that's fully resolved. Um because we're humans and and you're always going to have little things. For Bren, he is a talker and a communicator. Which, if you know us, does not seem like that he would be the, the one that wants to talk everything out. Um, but he is like, wants to talk until there's a solution. Versus for me, I need time. If something is brought to me, like I want to ruminate. Process it. Process it. And not just rehash it over and over. And so that has been probably consistently our biggest um, struggle in the relationship is communication styles. Um, and I think we're always learning new things in different phases of life, bring different challenges. Um, and so understanding, we had a conversation literally, I think a week ago of like, if, a, if an issue comes up, like remembering each other's communication styles and taking that into account, but then also taking the other person's into account. Like, you know, it can't always be that we ruminate on something. Um, there have to be times where we talk it out. And that might be an uncomfortable situation for me, but I know that's what he needs. Um, and I mean, I think that's a that's a constant thing that we'll experience.
0: take notes people yes definitely be taking that for myself
1: communication Um, is key in every aspect of life yeah
0: well then uh i guess i did want to bring a couple of questions i had back to veterinary medicine which i you know i don't personally have a pet i've always wanted a dog but i feel like with your profession being a very uh, specific thing that not everybody gets to meet a vet in their life um I do think it's such an important profession to know about and to understand the amount of work and effort that goes into it to have a higher respect for the profession because of that. Um, so is there anything that you feel like you wanted to address in terms of like, I think we talked about this together. So one thing Stevie and I mentioned was between Dennis and vets, I think there's a little bit of like a overlook in respect with patients. Sometimes like, you know, they'll show up late or they'll, talk down to the dentist or they'll question our diagnosis, which is funny because, you know, like we think about how a lot of times these same patients will go to a heart surgeon and the heart surgeon will be like, yeah, you need this. And it's like going to be $20,000 or something. And like, they won't question it. But like in our case, it's like, I, there's a, this little lack of like trust with that. And I was curious, like, is there anything else that you come across that you wish, um the outside world could know more about and the amount of i guess um if there's like any overlooked myths or anything like that with veterinary medicine.
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest one that comes to mind is that vets are in it for the money somehow. Yeah. And I mean you already touched on like truly every vet which I know a lot of vets and every single one genuinely that I have come across um is in it for good reason, and they're in it because of the love of medicine and the love of their patients. And I think understanding that while medicine is expensive, and that's across the board human or pet, we're not doing this because we think we're going to get rich. We're not trying to run tests because it's going to put that money in our pocket. We're genuinely doing what we believe is best for your pet. Um, and every time I recommend something, it's because I would do it in my own. Um, and the vets that I know are the exact same way. And so understanding that, you know, we're not just trying to necessarily pay a bigger mortgage um, by doing x-rays or doing these things. We're we're trying to do what's right for you and for your pet. Yeah. Um, if I could give every new pet owner a piece of the device, Just get pet insurance (laughs) or set up a savings account or something because again, medicine is expensive and being on the ER side, I see every worst case scenario even I could never imagine. There's still new fears unlocked every single day of my own pets when I see things come in that I could not fathom happening and so just be prepared, whatever that looks like, know going into it that... At some point, something's going to happen and to be prepared for that.
0: Okay. Is, the pet insurance thing is definitely good advice. I think mm-hmm. that's something that I'm sure some pet owners think is a scam. But then when you yeah. think about the commonality of these mm-hmm. you know, random emergencies or things you don't expect, it adds up over time. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you feel like you come across a lot as a vet that you wish the community knew more about, especially pet owners, like things that they overlook in terms of their dogs or cats or anything just to educate the public
1: i think
0: i'm sure there's a whole category of
1: stuff i know i'm like my, I'm which should one did i pick but, yeah <laughs> i think just because i had this conversation actually with a friend last night um preventative health care is going to um lengthen your pet's life It's going to keep them healthier um, and prevent a lot of disease. And by that, what I mean is your yearly checkups, your yearly blood works, dental cleanings. Oh, my God. Get your dogs and cats teeth cleaned. Obviously, I'm speaking to a dentist, so you know the the longevity associated with a clean mouth. And it goes for dogs and cats as well. And if you can keep their teeth clean, you can prevent heart disease. You can prevent arthritis liver disease kidney disease like there's so many things that if people um it all starts with preventative disease or preventative health care yeah. um, and you can prevent a lot of things from happening
0: okay it's good to know all right so another thing we talked about was uh stevie's love for reading uh i think since this podcast is obviously about passions um veterinary medicine is one of her biggest passions but i you know i think we've harped on that quite a bit um, but the great thing about a lot of doctors is there's a lot of layers to them and things that they do outside of medicine that they really love and we were talking about the things that we love doing so for instance like i'm really into movies and music and like i love watching movies and Stevie, on the other hand, has told me she's not really a fan of just like sitting down and like watching movies, which is hard for me to understand, (laughs) but her way of kind of escaping reality and kind of connecting, um, like, you know, to her love is reading and she loves reading so much that she's going to be writing her own books and she wants to write children's books, which I think is fascinating because I... I can totally see Stevie doing that, but I definitely was surprised to hear it. So uh, if you'd like to talk further about that. Yeah. I'd love to hear it.
1: I've always loved reading. Like that has always been since I was a kid my any favorite genre pastime.
0: Or just everything.
1: Um, I mean I think as any like good millennial, like Harry Potter was probably one of my biggest loves and got very into like the Twilight and okay. kind of fantasy um now I don't discriminate I'll read anything I love like we were talking about a good memoir I love a good life story um but then I love just like great smut
0: yeah I was, <laughs> I was gonna make you know that, but I was like okay she does live with that. it's
1: 100 percent. okay um but
0: I'm honestly surprised at how popular that genre is because I've talked so to three popular. girls that are into smut, and I'm just like, I didn't even know that still existed because I remember I'd see it in bookstores in like the little corners, and I'm like, oh, that's so weird.
1: Well, here's the thing. So, just a very quick side note: the romance book sector has always been the highest sales really of books, like historically, always. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it like
0: a taboo subject. It's a
1: taboo subject. Okay. It's a woman's interest yeah. that we don't. Women don't have interest. Don't. No, sure. Yeah. Um, and that's so it, interesting. I think it's one of those things that's becoming more normalized to talk about is like the same as like girl dinner. We're just shedding light on things that like women have always enjoyed and always loved. What's girl dinner? Loved. You don't know what a girl dinner is? No, I
0: don't out. Um,
1: you're missing out big time. So girl dinner is basically how the majority of girls, women, um, this have ex-
0: sex positive podcasts. So we
1: very Okay. But we're reclaiming the the term girl.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And basically, it's the way that girls will eat random crap for dinner, where it's like deconstructed charcuterie, kind of. So think like a pickle, five chips, um, maybe a couple like bagel bites, you know, like, we just kind of graze. Like, okay. if a if a girl has left her into vices, she's not going to have a meal. Like, she's going to have girl dinner. Gotcha. So, for instance, before I got married, my girl dinner was a bowl of popcorn and coffee or wine. And that's what I sustained on through all of that school yep. until I got married. Okay. So,
0: okay. This is interesting. Yes.
1: Anyways, I digress.
0: Okay. Um, I'm sure a lot of guys just learned something new on this podcast. So good.
1: I'm glad. Yeah. And now you'll understand why when you ask us, like... What you want for dinner, like yeah. to us, I'm like, I want pepperoni, a cheese stick, yeah. and like three cheeses So like,
0: this is not only a thing when you're pregnant, it's like throughout. No, no, when you're yeah. pregnant, it's just hyperactive.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yes. It's
0: just an exaggerated form of what we
1: already eat. Okay. Um, so that's girl dinner. You okay. should try it. It's cool. delicious. We'll try it. Um,
0: what were we talking I, about? we were talking about smut.
1: We were talking about smut. Okay. Um, so yes, love that, love fantasy, love anything we're gonna go from Uh, to children's exactly Exactly. segue um and so i've always loved writing as well it's always been sort of a creative outlet yeah i got out of it definitely through vet school and then during i think the pandemic is when i sort of reignited my love of reading and just that sort of section of my brain that had gone unused for several years and so now, after reigniting that love, I decided to start writing um my own children's books based on we have four wonderful nieces and their adventures with our dogs cuz they're the greatest dogs on the planet. And uh, their little adventures and their mishaps, and so that's. Sure, so you're
0: gonna have too. Draco in there and everything.
1: Draco's gonna be a star. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, you know what, people they get confused with Harry Potter though. I'm,
1: that's true.
0: There's only like one Draco. There's
1: only the one Draco.
0: They look movies. very different. Yeah. So I don't think there'll
1: be confusion. It's mm-hmm. good to know.
0: <laughs> so, have you started a couple of books? How many have you started yes. so far?
1: Um, I think I have three, basically written um
0: are they like writing books or how's the sort of yeah yeah there's like
1: a cadence to them of sort of fun little rhymes and wordplay and
0: And then um, do you have like art on it no
1: art yet so that's going to be sort of the next step is like editing and artwork i am not super artistic so i'm going to find someone that would like to participate um not in that kind of art okay yeah 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 he's he's creative but yeah would have been a
0: cute little couple
1: i know get on it Brent. start taking some drawing. you
0: guys do the smut section (laughs) working together on that
1: perfect yes
0: but yeah that's really cool i think that's like a very interesting way to like kind of carry your passions into something because that's always something i thought about like if i ever did another profession i always thought i'd love to be a cinematographer or something and like it's not as easy obviously you have to like kind of go through the whole thing but yeah i think like that's the beauty of instagram to me is you can carry a lot of your creativity to that realm Mm -hmm. um so that's how i've kind of presented it but yeah if you're somebody who loves reading there's not a lot of mediums to transfer it over to but that is one like pretty interesting way to do it and uh yeah, I'm excited to see how these books come out. It'll me too. Cool. Um, do you think you'd do anything like related to like vet medicine or anything for kids? I feel like that'd be think kind so. of. I absolutely. Just, like, educate yeah. the kids on how to get into it and whatnot. Yes,
1: definitely. Spark the next generation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe also warn them how stressful it is. Yeah. I don't know if that'd be good to warn kids at that age. Um, I don't
1: know. Someone should have probably warned me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So the one thing my listeners are always asking is also about figs. And, you know, like since I have had a lot of. Friends on here that have been ambassadors, they are always curious about how you got involved with figs and how your relationship has been, and like, you know, just what you've gotten out of that relationship. And you know, I've talked about mine quite a bit, like just through social media. But I, I guess I never did ask you about that. So that would be an yeah. interesting thing to hear about.
1: It was so long ago. For a second, I had to think yeah. about like She's how did OG that?
0: Happen? <laughs> been with <laughs> figs for a while.
1: It's been years. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was shortly after I got out of school, and I had just been wearing, like, the school-branded—I won't say the uh, brand—scrubs, and they were not cute. They were just big, boxy, scratchy, and when I graduated, I wanted to up my scrub game, and I had heard about these figs, and they looked cool, and the ads looked great— and a couple of people told me the hype was worth it. And so I ordered a couple of pairs and I instantly fell in love with them. And at that time, I was just sort of venturing into the social media sphere and posting photos, mostly like cute puppies that I would see at work. And I always wore my figs. Like it just very quickly became an obsession. Yeah. And I would just tag them in my Instagram photos. And eventually... Again, it was sort of at the beginning of sort of the ambassador um, train. And so they had reached out when they were going to do their first Wild Aid campaign, um, which is an organization that does conservation worldwide. It's an amazing organization that they partner with a lot. And they reached out and they said, We would love to do this veterinary specific collaboration. Uh, can we send you, I think it was like compression socks? And can we send you some compression socks post? a photo and and um tag us and that's what I did and very shortly sorry to interrupt no it was uh twenty eighteen I think it was it was a while yeah it's been a long time okay and uh
0: because I remember the wild aid they did during COVID so I didn't yeah yeah, they did a lot yeah
1: I think it was the first wild aid campaign that they did. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong but um so it was it was Before COVID, we did that, and then shortly after, um, I had a call with Allison, shout out Allison, and she asked if I wanted to join the Figs family, and I said, hell yeah, (laughs) and then I've been with them ever since. I just adore what they do for the healthcare professions and veterinarians, and um, their team is always open and willing to hear feedback and try and understand what veterinarians go through and and how to best support us and yeah. they've they've done so much i mean they've brought you to me they've brought so many people unfortunately uh, yeah. So, Fortunately.
0: yeah no i mean i think when i first met stevie i don't know how do you remember when we first met i don't even recall no it was probably like just some random like, stupid DM I sent about a joke or something, but I just feel like it was, like, an instant connection. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like there was any errors of, like, fakeness or anything. It was just, like, a genuine friendship. And then I also just felt like I could literally ask her or talk about anything and not feel, like, I don't know, like, judged or anything. Like, even, like, the dumb, like, you know, animal questions I always have for her. And, like, I you know, I told her when I get a dog, she's going to (laughs) be, like just completely her phone's going to be blowing up with dumb questions from me but i've just never felt like i'm ever an inconvenience for stevie she's always felt so welcoming um and i've always loved that about her and you might not know now she's wearing figs to represent figs because of her work and everything she's going through but she i
1: did also work today yeah i came from work straight (laughs)
0: up came straight from work went to dinner with me and now doing this and then she has to go to work tomorrow so shout out to stevie for being a hard worker for that but um she's also a fashionista she dresses really well but her one Mm -hmm. thing is she loves wearing all black and that's something i really like love about her because she's like i love when people have a certain style or like something that they really just take as their own and like just take full like ownership of it and have no fear of it and that's stevie with all black and she's a big if you see any of her clothes where she's like dressed for an event. She's always wearing black. And I love mm-hmm. that about her. And I brought her black clothes. I wore a black t-shirt in <laughs> her office. In my today. Honor. Um but yeah, that's another thing I, I wanted to talk about is what what's what's your attachment to this blackness? I don't know. Yeah. Did it start it's... at any point or are you always like that? I have not always been like that. Like, I think it developed slowly. Um, you kind of, like, inspired me because I've tried it, I was like, damn, all black looks dope. Like, I should... It
1: looks black. dope. Yeah. Like, it really... And I think that's all it was, was like... And it's, like, timeless. Like, yeah. Can always wear it. It's just the evolution of, like, it always looks good in photos. You can't tell how expensive a piece is when it's black True. because... It all looks good. Yeah. Um. When you only wear black, everything goes together. Uh,
0: <laughs> so it's just easy. Yeah. And, and it gives yeah. you this like kind of dominance. Like when it you does. see it, it's like you, you like like that person knows what they're talking about. It's like, badass. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I agree. I see Stevie, and she's usually wearing leather and yeah. it's all black, and I'm like,
1: so maybe that's where the dominance comes from. Yeah,
0: maybe. <laughs> the, the leather adds a little smut, sprinkle. A little smut. Yeah. influence in there but um yeah no i think that's really cool and i was always curious about like what kind of got you into that because it's uh it's a very specific style to have but i love it and whenever i think of you i think of the old black um, well i've
1: done it well then yeah that's every time the I out there,
0: i'm always like steve yeah, i wore black <laughs> and, and
1: here black. i showed up in gray so yeah, i blame was, work I they was, have a dress discounted.
0: code I you've changed. I've changed. The travel has changed you. Exactly. Next time, um, I even wore alligator boots for her. But then I like I wore them, and I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't wear a boot made out of an animal if I'm talking to a vet med doctor. Yeah. But you know,
1: probably gonna get
0: canceled. All the I, vets
1: and the <laughs>
0: yeah, I organically skinned it, and it was at its end of days. So yeah, it was all done with respect.
1: We're all about ending suffering.
0: Yeah and being resourceful right yeah perfect
1: absolutely okay
0: and then uh yeah i uh i usually like to end these podcasts i think we've hit a good amount of subjects we've covered quite a bit from smut to vet med to all the stuff Children's so, <laughs> Um, just to end it on you know what i like to do is see if my guests have any like Personal questions about me or anything that you've wanted to ask me uh, that we can dive into, either about our relationship or just in general.
1: Okay. I want to know where you want to be in five years. Oh man. If you could plan your ultimate life, what would that look like?
0: That's a good question. Um I definitely want to do more than dentistry i feel like i love and we talked about this at dinner too um we both really love our profession and i'm very thankful to be in a profession where i can help people but there's been something inside of me for like the last year or two now that feels like there's more inside of me and there's more i'm capable of and i'm sure you feel the same with this book and everything too but I just want to be in a place where I can be doing something additionally to dentistry instead of just considering dentistry my like final chapter of my career. Um, I think I've been surrounded by so many amazing people and like inspiring people in my life that like. I almost intentionally throw myself in the pits with these people because it it gives me this little bit of anxiety in a good way that like, I need to do more, or I need to try more. And not in an unhealthy way of like comparison syndrome and like going through that unhealthy route, but more so like, wow, this person has accomplished so more and it showed me that I'm capable of that. Like, you know, this person put in the work to get to this way and like, I need to remember that like in order to get to that level, I need to put in that little bit of extra work. So with that being said like within 5 years i would really like to be doing um something for instance like starting a company or doing something to add another kind of ripple in the capacity of whether it's dentistry or technology or something else and this podcast was like kind of like a little testing thing for me it's kind of one of those things it's like i've always wanted to do this i've always wanted to try this and then i did it and i'm like oh okay well like i could do this and i like was able to like create something like this. So the next thing I want to try, it's just like, you just have to realize it takes like a couple of steps and it takes a little bit of effort and it takes like amazing friends like Zaya to like help and do this kind of stuff. But it, you know, everything's possible, especially like we live in a country like America where you can do literally anything. Mm-hmm. So sorry, that's like a long winded answer. But no, I yeah, love I it. think it's that's like, awesome. it's really cool that like, I get to hang out with people like you that have accomplished so much, like whether it's digitally through social media, um, but also just with what you're doing with vet medicine and the people that you inspire along the way, um, including people like me, you've inspired me in like a lot of ways just to like, you know, put my best foot forward and just maintain that humility that you do. Like the Stevie I know now, compared to the Stevie I've known three years ago, that it's the same person like you haven't changed your personality which i think is beautiful but you still have like you've you have a fire inside you which is like even stronger now but it's more directed in a positive capacity so i Thank think that's you. great so yeah um thanks for the question yeah sorry i didn't want to make it about me but <laughs> it is your podcast. podcast i feel like you yeah. get
1: one question <laughs>
0: yeah and um yeah i uh i really appreciate you taking the time to do this with okay. me um i think you're like i said a beautiful person externally and internally and i think you have such a great positive impact on your followers and you know i wanted you on this podcast like not for the clout not for anything but just because you know there are certain people i really want to have on this podcast and you were Definitely in the top list of that, and I'm just glad that you're able to take the time to do this with me.
1: Anytime, anytime, anything for you.
0: Good, thank you, Stevie. That's I appreciate great. you. I love you. And uh, guys, I'll leave Stevie's um, Instagram and all of her personal stuff on there. Um, and if you guys want to reach out to her, if you have any questions or any future vet students or anything, want to reach out to her, she's a great resource to have. Uh, please follow her and yeah this is stevie and this is hamza thanks for listening and if you have any parting words for your listeners no
1: stay cool pony boy
0: okay cool (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening and uh we'll talk soon take care bye